Welcome back to Pay the Juice. All winners, all the time, except we're at 500 on the show for the season, so half the time. Got a bunch more games on the slate here. We roll into a full week of games. The SEC starts. The Big 12 is back off their bye weeks. Things looking fantastic. Um, before I send it to Tom and Charlie P here, I just got to let you guys know, I lost a boatload of money this weekend. Um, I went two and two with the pay the juice picks, but again, I don't just bet pay the juice. And I'll tell you what, so I was on baby duty Sunday and I, my, my weekend was in the hands of the Minnesota Vikings and Tom, are you still there? Yep, still here, boss. Okay, man, you got real glitchy there on me. So my whole weekend was in the hands of the Minnesota Vikings as the Colts were just kicking field goal after field goal, and I was on kid duty as my two-year-old is – I'm trying to hold it together for her. I'm, tr- I'm melting down on the couch, and all she wants to do is the hot dog dance for Mickey Mouse. I was like, sweetie, listen, your college fund is riding on this right now. I'll do the hot dog dance for you, but just know my heart's not in it. And I just had to sit here and watch my heart get ripped out as the Colts just knocked six field goals through. I don't know if I'm ever going to – I don't know if I can ever gamble again. My wife is not happy with me. Well, well Ryan, Ryan, things are turning around. This coming week, like you said, we've got the SEC coming back. We've got a full slate of Big 12 games. Now is the best time to turn things around and earn back that college fund for your little girl. No, listen, I was going to throw myself off the roof. I was like, I didn't know what to do. I couldn't hit a winner. I hit, I put in about nine or 10 bets. I hit two. Hey, hey, something's got to give there, Miss Palmieri. Something's got to give. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I haven't, I have a problem. I'm going to put it on record. I'm not going to do anything about it. I am gambling this week. I got to win my money back. How'd your weekend go? That's my weekend, well, my weekend was all right. I'm right down the middle uh, with my pay the juice picks and my picks outside pay the juice. Um, as long as you listen to my bonus picks, if you listen to my bonus picks, I went three and three last week. Now, I can sit here and give you excuses on, on why my locked in hit last week and all that kind of stuff, but I'm not here to give you guys excuses. I'm here to get you guys results. So let's roll right into this upcoming week. What do you got for me, Ryan? Yeah, Charlie P, we'll skip over you. Uh, so, That's cool. So, we uh, we'll just start it off right here. I don't know if this game's actually happening. We'll cover it just in case. Kansas State's been having a lot of issues with COVID-related things, having players ready. But Oklahoma versus Kansas State, Oklahoma's at minus 28 and a half. All right, so I'm taking Oklahoma minus 28 and a half. Uh, this is not just because I'm an Oklahoma homer, uh, but I think they just match up really well against Kansas State uh, th- this year especially. Uh, after Kansas State gave up 330 passing yards to Arkansas State, uh, it's just not it, not going to be good for them when they go up against uh, Spencer Rattler and all the weapons he has at Oklahoma under Lincoln Riley. Uh, Oklahoma is going to blow the doors off them. Uh, so not only do they match up really good with their passing game versus a poor secondary, Oklahoma has a good run game, and their defense is going to – their defense should not have any problems with Kansas State's, uh, you know, quarterback carousel that they're going to be throwing at them. I'm not concerned in the least bit on this game. 
That's a mistake. No, I uh, I want to bring up last year so bad, but with with the with the COVID environment, I, I think the bigger bet isn't even on the line in this game. It's exactly like Ryan said. It's like, is it even going to take place? They they I mean they've got a fullback playing guard in practice. They're losing ten players. If this game was under normal normal circumstances, I'm saying K State would cover. But in this case, the home team's four and zero versus the spread. The last the last four times they played, plus Rattler, plus the the COVID stuff with K State. I and I just don't see. I do not see Oklahoma not covering this. This is a game I also would have been on K State if they had the players. But I think the last report I read, they're down to 33. They need 53 by kickoff to play, and all their positions have to have a certain number of criteria by the Big 12. I really don't think this game is happening. We just saw Notre Dame Wake Forest get canceled today as well. Uh, I'm going to go with OU. If the game does kick off, it'll strictly be K State's decimated. They got players playing all over the place just trying to figure things out. Why Hubert at the end is a stud, but I think the Oklahoma offensive line can take him out of the game. And then it's just, what are they going to do on offense? What are they going to do on defense? Kansas State's not that great this year, and they lost half their team. So I'll have to wait and see if that even makes it to kickoff. So the next one, getting in the SEC play, Auburn versus Kentucky, Auburn minus seven and a half. All right, so this one will be interesting for sure. Uh, at first, I was leaning towards Auburn, uh, but I ended up going with uh, Kentucky plus seven and a half. Auburn was five and two against the spread at home in 2019 and nine and four overall. Um, however, uh, Kentucky was even better going 10 and three against the spread, and they were tied for Navy last year for the highest mark in the country. Um, you know, you combine that with some of the intangibles, like just the fact that I really like Bob Stoops. Um, you know, I, I'm going with Kentucky on this one. Yeah, I mean, this is going to – I think this could honestly be, like, the best game to watch if you're just going to sit down and watch a football game this weekend. But you got Kentucky with Terry Wilson, 12-3 as a starter. Even with Bowden gone from last year, they still had – they still had three running backs with 500 yards, over 500 yards apiece. And that line, the line of Kentucky is absolutely incredible. I mean, both tackles are first team, all SEC. It's probably the most stacked line besides Tennessee in the SEC. <laughs> and um, Bo Nix for Auburn, he's legit, but it's hard to bet against Auburn. But I think Kentucky is, is going to cover here. I think this is going to be another three-point game uh, just right down to the wire. And, and so I see, I see Kentucky. Um, I don't see Auburn covering that spread. And, and Auburn has a guy named Big Cat Brian on their team, which is a sick name, but that tells me Kentucky's going to win. <laughs> I can get behind that logic. And I'll tell you what, real quick, I'm on Kentucky as well. Um, you know, Lynn Bowden's gone, like you mentioned. I think Terry Wilson will be their starting QB as they come out this year. Love the offensive line, love the defense, love the toughness. They kind of have like that old school SEC West style feel to them. But I don't know. I don't like this narrative that Bo Nix is elite because he's, you know, his dad played and he was a five-star and all this other stuff because, like, you go to the Oregon game and everything else, the kid plays horrible. He's like that Tim Tebow in the NFL. He plays bad for three and a half quarters. He pulls three throws out that his receivers help bail him out on, and then we keep hailing this kid as, like, a legend. And, you know, not attacking Charlie P here because, like, everybody's been saying they love Bo Nix, the legend of Bo Nix and all that. I got to see a little bit more from him because it just kind of felt like – he was incredibly average, and he just sprinkled in a few really good plays. Now, maybe he takes the next step this year. Again, he was a five-star. He is kind of like his legacy player. We'll wait and see. 
also on Kentucky. Iowa State versus TCU. Iowa State's minus two and a half. All right, so T- this is going to be TCU's first game. Now they're coming in with a lot of uh, new, like talented newcomers. You got freshman running back Zach Evans, all the way to uh, transfer JD Spielman. Uh, so there's definitely some reason for excitement. Um, on the other hand, you got Iowa. They're coming off of a very disappointing game last week. However, uh, that doesn't bother me uh, as much as it might bother others. That's why I, I am going with Iowa State minus two and a half on this one. Um, you know, going back to 2016, Iowa State has only one win that was uh, by over 10 points in week one, and they had two terrible losses to Iowa and Northern Iowa in, in the beginning of their season. So it's kind of a trend that they underperform in like week one, and then they kind of snap out of it. So I'm really looking for Iowa State to come back strong this week. Uh, now, again, I do think uh, Zach Evans could give Iowa State some uh, issues, uh, you know, prim- TCU's run game as a whole but ultimately the Cyclones are five and one against the spread in their last six games following a bye week and 15 and six against the spread in their last 21 games after a straight up loss Um, on the other hand the Frogs are 10 and 24 against the spread in the last 34 games on grass good luck finding that stat and seven and 22 against the spread in their last 29 home games so you know the stats are showing that Iowa's got the edge or Iowa State's got the edge and then the only other thing I want to throw in here TCU hasn't played a game. That is huge. And, and we've seen that, you know, time and time again this season. Having one game on your belt will give you an advantage because just about every team is shaking some rust off. So I, I definitely like Iowa State minus two and a half on this one. Smart man. I think, I think Iowa State two and a half. Yeah, here's, here's where I'm at. I mean, TCU hasn't played the game. I know they're they're down there. Well, he's not Doug Dugan, however you want to say that. He's not going to be starting, but he will be on the bench. I know Downing will be their starting quarterback, but let's let's also remind ourselves that this is a guy that's been in college football as a walk-on at Georgia in 2018. So it's not like he he's some freshman that is like wide-eyed coming to a game. He's been around college football, so I don't I don't I don't look at any risk there for TCU, but with the with the lack of playing a game so far, and, and I think Iowa State cleans up the turnovers they had last week, um, you know, which Brock Purdy are we going to get? And I think I think Matt Campbell will have them playing, and with that such a low line, I think Iowa State covers. Yeah, the whole QB situation with TCU is weird. I did see Matt Downing will be the starter. Max Duggan with his heart issue, we're not really sure what's going on there. He has been cleared to play, but he probably hasn't been practicing, and that's why they're having him sit on the bench. And the thing is, like, Matt Downing's kind of an unknown. So it's really trying to figure out what's going to happen there. As far as Iowa State goes, as Tom was alluding to, uh, week one struggles. Matt Campbell's in his fifth year there. He's two and three in week one. And he basically only plays Iowa and northern Iowa. So seeing them lose, the thing that was concerning for me, they kind of got bullied by Louisiana. They really got pushed around. And I think TCU can do that as well because that defense is stacked. They got some of the best players in the country on that defense. However, as we've been seeing, the offense wasn't looking that promising for TCU this year. And now that Matt Downing is taking the starting reps, I really don't think they're going to be able to do much. They had the weird offseason. They've had so many games canceled, postponed, rescheduled. So I'm leaning Iowa State here just because they had a chance to know a week to shake the rust off, get things going. 
And I do think they're going to get back in the place. I think they're going to look more like the Iowa State we expected versus what we got last week or two weeks ago. So this one, I'm kind of looking at this is the game of the week. Oklahoma State versus West Virginia. Oklahoma State's minus eight and a half. I hate to judge a team so harshly after just one game, especially a team that had a lot of hype coming in to this season. But I am just not confident in Oklahoma State. Um, It's mainly because of their – a lot of people are going to point out that, you know, uh, Chuba Hubbard didn't amass really any yards. Obviously, Sanders got uh, injured pretty pretty early. Um, But regardless, Tylen Wallace or any of the other quarterbacks really didn't have any uh, standout stats. So they're going to point to, oh, well, you know, their weapons might not be as good as we thought they are. I'm looking at this more – at their offensive line. Um, I think that their weapons are still fine. They're still good. But if this offensive line continues to play that bad, I mean, they were just getting bullied by Tulsa. You can have all the skilled players you want, but if your offensive line plays like that, you're not going to score points. Um, Again, there was the one bright spot for Oklahoma State was, uh, you know, their defense played well, but um, I I don't know how much stock we put in that uh, based on the fact that they were playing Tulsa and especially considering last season their defense was, you know, one of the major issues with Oklahoma State. So, again, overall, I'm just not confident in Oklahoma State after that one game. Um, on the other hand, you know, West Virginia, uh, I know they really were, were playing a kind of no-name FCS opponent, but, but they were dominant. Um, and, you know, they're, given, they're, they're getting over a touchdown. At that line, you know, I got to go with West Virginia. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. It was it was almost painful to watch them get just just absolutely taken behind the woodshed last week. I mean, they they're supposed to be the 15th ranked or, or you know top 25 team in the country, and your starting quarterbacks, your quarterbacks, let's say, put up less than 150 yards and a pick against a not so special Tulsa defense. Um, I mean, Chuba Chuba Hubbard is is obviously just going to be their lifeblood is they're going to hope that they can carry. I don't see with the problems with the line, even with Chuba, I don't see them covering and I've got West Virginia in this one. You know, I was reading an article the other day about the uh, online learning and schooling and everything else. And I was reading about specifically in West Virginia, there was kids driving four wheelers over mountains to get to the local library to get to internet access because they don't have it in the state. Some people call that living below the poverty line. I call that gritty. What we saw with Tulsa is their the corners are they're big corners and they were manhandling them. They're also beating them up front because the offensive line was giving up way too much penetration. Now West Virginia comes into this game one of the best D lines in not only the Big Twelve but the country with Stills brothers and their corners average six foot two hundred pounds. I'm sorry, they're defensive backs. So they got big D backs which we saw Oklahoma State struggle with. They got great defensive line which they struggled with. The West Virginia defense is better than the Tulsa defense. Now, the Oklahoma State offense will look better, but Spencer Sanders is in a walking boot until today. He doesn't even get it off until tomorrow. They have a freshman they can bring in who looked pretty good, but West Virginia's had two weeks to prepare. I love West Virginia plus eight and a half. I would even say I would risk putting in the money line on this game. Mike Gundy has lost his last four conference openers. I like the way this matchup goes. I like the confidence West Virginia is going to have coming into it. And I love the odds that West Virginia can pull off the upset. 
You convinced me to I'm, – I'm taking West Virginia on the money line, baby. I'm telling you. Everything's lining up for them. This is their year. I've been hyping them all year. I love it. All right. Texas versus Texas Tech. Texas sitting at minus 18. So, as an Oklahoma fan, I hate to say this, but um, I'm going Texas minus 18. Uh, and not only that, but this is my lock for the week. Um, I mean, the Red Raiders just barely beat an FCS team last week. While, you know, Texas basically manhandled their FCS opponent. Um, now, uh, Texas Tech gave up 567 passing yards and four touchdowns to the HBU quarterback, Billy Bailey Zapp. Now he has to take on Sam Ellinger and the Longhorns. I mean, I know uh, Texas is missing two, two of their, uh, you know, top receivers from last year. Uh, but still, I mean, th- this is going to be – this is similar to how Kansas State met, is going to match up against Oklahoma. I mean, it's not going to be good for Texas Tech. Um, then you throw in there that their uh, Texas Tech starting running back, uh, Sir Roderick Thompson, was just arrested for street reaching, which is freaking badass, by the way. But, I mean, it's, it sucks for them. Um, things are not looking good for them. Um, I've also got a bonus pick for you on this one. Now, remember, you guys want to pay attention to these bonus picks. These are what's keeping me alive here. Go over 70 and a half. Now, don't be scared. That's a lot of points. But the over is 9-1-1 and in Texas Tech's last 11 games as an underdog. And that trend combined with how piss poor Texas Tech's defense is going to be and combined with the fact that Texas Tech still has a few weapons, you know, Alan Bowman is going to probably sling a few ridiculous touchdowns that shouldn't be touchdowns. But, I mean, they are not going to cover, but I could definitely see the over at 70.5 hitting on this as well. Yeah, Texas Tech's, uh, you know, their, their pass defense was dead last last year, and they have the potential <laughs> – they have the potential to um, improve on that by being even worse this year. That's saying, um, that's saying a lot because, <laughs> because let's not forget that Kansas also exists. Kansas is a real thing. Believe <laughs> I, I'm still looking into it. But even with that, I mean, I just don't see a way that they're going to cover this. I mean, I, Texas is definitely going to cover, but there's no way – with that just abysmal of a dumpster. There's a dumpster fire, and then there's whatever their defense is. And in this case, I just have to go with Texas. There's just no way. Yeah, there's just not a lot of, like, things to be excited about with Texas Tech this year. Now, I did read, I believe Thompson, the running back that got arrested for the street racing, is going to be playing. I think he might just get the old (laughs) Johnny Mansell. That is awesome. That's outstanding. I can't confirm, but Matt Wells will probably just give him the Johnny Manziel and sit him for a couple of drives. It doesn't matter. I love the over 70 and a half. I think Texas is going to have about 60 of that 70. But <laughs> either way, I think Texas is just going to steamroll them. They destroyed UTEP, who is also horrible. But I think Texas has got something to prove this year. I think the new coordinators coming in, this will really be like that first, I don't know, you call it a test? Is this a scrimmage for them? I don't really know. But – I just – I don't know how – actually, I ran this one to the window. Typically, I wait until later in the week to place my bets. I saw this line open at 16. I got excited. I waited. It jumped to 18 in an hour. I've already put this bet in. Yeah, I think I'm going to do it right now because we, oh, we preached a wait, and in a lot of scenarios, it's good, especially with the stuff with coronavirus. But, 
I mean, this I can I only see this line getting more favorable for Texas Tech. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and jump on that this evening. All right. So this is our last game of the week before we get into locks and everything else. Tennessee versus South Carolina. Tennessee's minus three and a half. Going with the Vols. Going with the Vols. Now, again, I'm not a big SEC guy, so I look at this spread and I'm like, how is Tennessee only favored by three points in this one? Now, I know Tennessee was, you know, hit or miss last year, um, and I'm not going to pretend to know these bottom-of-the-barrel SEC teams' rosters, but the trends, <laughs> the trends oh. do suggest Tennessee. <laughs> now, no, hey, hang in there, Charlie. The, the Vols are 5-1 and one against the spread in their last six conference games, 6-2 and two against the spread in their last eight road games, and 6-2 and two against the spread in their last eight games overall. Gamecocks are much worse, 1-4 against the spread in their last five as an underdog, 1-5 against the spread as the last six on grass. The trend continues. So uh, I, I definitely like Tennessee minus three on this one. <laughs> I mean, at least you're talking some sense there. Um, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I like I like Tennessee to cover, and I this is my lock, and I'll tell you why. Colin Hill of South Carolina, their their starting quarterback, just gave like a five minute interview where it only talked about his long hair, and that just tells me there's like Downey Soft, and then there's Colin Hill. Um, but no, Tennessee's line. Uh, we talked earlier about Kentucky's line with the two first uh, team all preseason SEC. Tennessee's is a close second to Kentucky. I mean, you've got. You, you've got just a stable with Trey Smith, Darnell Wright, and all these guys. I mean, their their line is incredible. I mean, you've got Eric Gray, a running back, coming back ready for a breakout year. You've got a senior quarterback who probably can't hit the side of a barn, but that's fine. We, we don't need it. We'll just run the ball. Um, but they have a stable of quarterbacks with experience because of his lack of accuracy. And, and then you've got a certified killer on the defense of Henry Toho. And he is a straight murderer, and he puts people in the ground. That that paired with Colin Hill talking about his hair, I, I just think I think Tennessee historically, who plays South Carolina so well, um, tw- ever since that twenty-one point comeback Josh Dobbs put on them in like twenty fourteen, I mean they just haven't recovered emotionally. Tennessee is going to cover this spread, and this is going to be a great game. And this is my lock. Yeah, I'm on Tennessee as well. I like what Jeremy Pruitt's doing down there. I think they're still a year or two away before they really start breaking through, but I do think they're going to take a massive step forward. I mean, they had a disaster at the start of the season last year, but I could be wrong, Charlie. B. You might have to correct me on this one. Did they finish the season like 6-2 and two or something like that? Yeah, they, they, they finished out strong, so they're coming on. Yeah, and now if you look at the other side with South Carolina, I think what the only thing that's going to save Will Muschamp's job this season is COVID because I, there was a rumor floating around there that – South Carolina reached out to Florida State to see how they financed Willie Taggart's buyout. Not a sign of faith for your head coach. I think South Carolina's just bad, just all around. I like Tennessee. Again, I think they're kind of headed in the right direction. I think this is going to be a sloppy game. I actually think it's going to be close than a lot of people think it's going to be. I do like the Tennessee minus three and a half pick as well. Um, I also want to note really quick, of the six games we've covered, we're all on the same side for all of them. I don't think that's ever happened before. It's either going to go real good or real bad. So, uh, before I give you guys my lock, Baylor, Kansas. Now, as some of you may know, Tom and I have to take Kansas all year to cover, no matter who they're playing. They're sitting at minus 
they're plus 16 and a half versus Baylor. Tom, what are you thinking? Rock chalk, baby. Uh, again, I don't have a choice in this, uh, and I don't feel good about it. <laughs> Kansas is 0-8 against the spread in their last eight games against Baylor. Um, you know, the one bright side is Kansas does have a game under their belt. Um, again, it was an atrocious game, but as I was mentioning earlier, that could provide, uh, you know, some benefit for them considering this would be Baylor's first game. I so, mean, look, go ahead. Again, not feeling great about it, but I don't have a choice. Uh, before I, I let you jump in there, I do have another bonus pick. The under 59 and a half. Uh, the total has gone under in four in Baylor's last five games against Kansas. And, you know, I think I don't really see Kansas scoring much. And I do see Baylor, uh, you know, kind of having to shake some of the rust off and not just obliterating Kansas, uh, you know, right out of the gate. I think the saving grace here is going to be Baylor starting really rough. But I'll tell you what, if you also told me that, Baylor comes out and they score 21 points in seven minutes. I'm like, yeah, Kansas football. All I really want out of this game is Kansas to just decide, hey, this is our QB. We're going to go with him. Enough of the switching back and forth. Les Miles, let's see a step forward here, man. We need something because I don't feel good about this. If you told me I was getting Kansas at plus 28, I still wouldn't feel good. It's Kansas. <laughs> I know, dude. That's the thing. Uh, you, you never know when the you don't know what they're gonna do. Sometimes they lose forty-eight to fifty to Texas, and sometimes they get blown out by Coastal Carolina. So, Coach Charlie P, you actually don't have to rival Kansas versus <laughs> Baylor. Why don't you give us your pick for this one? Yeah, you guys are both insane. There's no way I would ever pick Kansas in a football game in anything that's ever existed. Uh, Baylor, Charlie, I said it last week. If this game even happens, Charlie Brewer, and you got. Kansas so I, I just see Baylor covering the spread I don't see Kansas uh, I want to I want to see the old the old gambler Les Miles come up and, and, and be able to show some improvement with Kansas I mean that would just be an awesome story for college football I just don't see it happening I see Charlie Brewer and this Baylor team if this game happens just being just being too much and they, they're going to cover easily here's the thing Kansas can show improvement from their first game and still not cover just oh, think absolutely. about that. They could come up and be like, damn, they look better than, than week one. And they could still lose by more than 16 and a half points. But, yeah, I think we're all on the same page on this one. So, real quick, I'll give you guys my luck. I'm going with Miami against Florida State. They're minus 11 and a half. Now, I was really against Miami with the Louisville game, and I got burned on that one. That's like that old saying, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. You don't get fooled the second time. Can't. I love this pick. So <laughs> I think Derek King is legit. I like Brett Lashley. I like the up-tempo offense. I think Florida State is a disaster. I heard uh, Mike Norvell might be coaching from a crane because he has COVID. Yeah. I don't know. Like, shut the Florida State program down until next year. Let's just run it back when this is all over. That's my lock. Tom, what's your lock of the week? Uh, my lock, as I mentioned earlier, uh, was, in fact – the Texas minus 18 versus uh, Texas Tech. Okay. And we got Coach P's lock was Tennessee minus three and a half. So just a quick recap. All three of us are on Oklahoma minus 28 and a half. Kentucky plus seven and a half. Iowa State minus two and a half. West Virginia plus eight and a half. Texas minus 18. Tennessee minus three and a half. 
Tom and I have to be on Kansas plus 16 and a half, while Coach P is on Baylor minus 16 and a half. Our locks minus Miami 11 and a half. Tom is Texas minus 18. Coach P is Tennessee minus three and a half. Guys, let's get some wins this weekend, make some people some money, and I'll check back in with you guys next week. All right, good talk. See you guys.